sugar canes, rose vines or thorns. You won't live long about warning from God. Go and hide in your tree without getting stoned. And welcome back to Silver Screeners. I'm your host, Andrea Tobici, and with me, as always, is Adam Owen. Hello, everyone. How are we all doing? We are doing fine. We are doing fine. And other people can't respond. Oh. Oh. No, they can't. How are you? Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm good. It's been a bit busy, but... Yep, things are going yeah. well. I... Yeah, it's been a bit tricky trying to fit watching films in this week. What with work and courses and workshops I've been to, but I managed it. I, yeah, I can. I can agree with that statement. And to be honest, I was always going to make a exception, or at least put the effort into watch this new film that is out right now in Europe, which is um, Captain America. Indeed, Captain America, the return of the first Avenger. That's the name in Sweden, for some reason. That I don't get that. That's a terrible name. Now, granted, the Winter Soldier isn't a good name I either. I kind of figured that the reason why Captain America, the first film, was called Captain America, the first Avenger, was to distinguish itself from the numerous other Captain America films that have existed over the years. Yeah. I mean, for, uh, at first, when it, was, when it was actually being made, it was called the first Avenger, Captain America, even. Like, the first Avenger was the name of the film. It wasn't until, like... In, in post-production, they changed that. I think that sort of came about because of a fear that people wouldn't go for such a obviously patriotic, obviously American imagery-themed character. As... Possibly. I mean, I, I know a lot of people who didn't watch the first Captain America, not because they heard it was bad, because they didn't want to go see a basically a, a, a movie patriotic about America. Which is not really what the film is at all. <laughs> no, it's sort of it, 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 it's a war film with super with superhumans in it. I'll talk more about Marvel films later after we've had yeah. a good old talk about Captain America: Winter Soldier or Return of Thingy Madudad. But um, yeah, both names that are terrible and doesn't fit the film. No, it, but at least Winter Soldier sort of gives you an idea of what character. Winter Soldier is technically in the film. Yes, he is. <laughs> Technically, man, I thought he was good. I thought he was going to be a bigger deal. Well, he sort of was. I mean, he has like three scenes. <laughs> the Winter Soldier is in three scenes in the entire film, and it's not even the main villain or hero. Are we going to put up a spoiler warning for the podcast? Or I mean, it's okay. It's hard to talk about this film because I mean, even the, the producers said this that. Uh, Winter Soldier's the Winter Soldier's identity isn't really a secret because the only one it's a spoiler to is to Captain America, because everyone knew who it was going to be from you know the comic books and just the obvious nature of how films work. Yeah, I mean it's um, based on a very popular and very well known Captain America storyline from the comics. Exactly. So yeah, spoiler warning here. I suppose uh, the Winter Soldier, of course, is Bucky. Uh, Steve Rogers' famed, friend. The, wasn't he just sort of like the Robin to Captain America in World War Two, where they sort of reinvent him as 
Captain America's much more awesome best friend until the Super Serum. Uh, yeah, pretty much. And, uh, of course, like, when, when, when the producers say, oh, Bucky being the Winter Soldier is only a spoiler to Captain America himself, then you know that they don't really care about that part. That's yeah, sort of... people have been sort of complaining that several making of features, several trailers sort of out and just out and said it. As a, that said that one thing that he was that the identity, but yeah, I mean, the people. I think a large, although a large chunk of the people who are going to watch this aren't going to be fully aware of the comics. Which are... yeah, I mean, I I went with someone who had never watched or read anything about Captain America, mm-hmm. and uh, so naturally he didn't know about Bucky being the Winter Soldier. So it works for, in, in in that regard, but um, I mean. To an extent, they expect you to know because even the reveal of it being Bucky, like it's <laughs> the way they do it. He's like he loses his mask for a second and you zoom in on his face. Yeah, we can't really see who it is because you no, know, he's changed quite a bit. But then we just look and look at Captain America. It's like Bucky. Well, it would have been a bit weird if I don't, if Captain America did not recognize his best friend, even. No, I just mean that they had this bit. They, they had this major like reveal face. Look who it is. Except no one is going to have the oh, it's Bucky. Yeah. Unless they already know it at that point, because he doesn't look at all like what what Bucky looked like in the last film. And as far as they were concerned, he was thrown off a cliff, and they hadn't. I, I assume most people aren't fully aware of comic book death laws, unless you can actually see it. That just rules out him surviving. It doesn't rule out him being brought back to life by magic or Lazarus Pit or whatever. Yeah. Uh, speaking of that... <laughs> actually, no, let's not speak of that. <laughs> uh, that's a bit too spoiler-heavy. Um, are we going to have a, another spoiler warning, just in case... I, I think we should talk. Let's talk more about. Let's go into spoilers in a bit, unless you talk about the film itself. Yes, right now. Yeah. Okay. Um. I mean, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was a very fun spy thriller. Basically, it was. What if James Bond was actually a superhuman? Yeah. I mean, it's something interesting because I re- I really liked Captain America's first film, and I really liked how they portrayed him in the Avengers. I was very interested to see how they would continue that. As in, to what extent is this going to be about how he can't fit in that well to modern times? To what ex- what are we going to learn anything new about Shield? Are we going to learn anything about characters we already know, such as Black Widow and Nick Fury? And yeah, I'd say I'm satisfied with it. Yeah, pretty much every part of that got developed further. Yeah, um, especially Black Widow. For the first time, I didn't mind Black Widow. Because I was, I really, I did not like Black Widow in Iron Man Two. She I, was not a character in Iron Man Two. She was just she was there. a walking, talking trailer for the Avengers. Yeah, and then in the Avengers, I just found her annoying. To be honest, I didn't. I I I found her badly written, and I know that's heresy to say because it's Joss Whedon who wrote her. But um, well, I think with uh, several characters that Joss Whedon has written, they do sort of fall prey to that. As in, they can, there's a line that they could potentially cross with nearly most characters he writes, where they could just yeah. potentially turn out, out and out annoying. But I'm, but I'm normally pretty happy with the way he writes female characters. I mean, I was expecting him to do a good job there. But th- in this one, this film, I really liked it because we get to know her. She gets to have a personality. She gets to, she gets depth. And 
she's not just the um she doesn't become just the standard um female sidekick to Captain America. And more importantly, she's not portrayed as a love interest, which I really liked. Yeah, I mean, I think throughout the film, you could see a, a, a um, sort of continued development between the two characters of Captain America and Black Widow. It was cool to see them being able to bounce off each other and work together and have some really good scenes together. But yeah, I mean, it's pretty Yeah, I was happy with that as well. Yeah, you can basically see where any other, where any other writer would just immediately, for some reason, have made Steve Rogers and Black Widow a couple. I read on IMDb that I think throughout most of it, she has a necklace with Hawkeye's symbol on it. I mean, she did. I didn't think of that. But no, I really, really. Where was Hawkeye? <laughs> okay, Hawkeye here's was the, doing something. Here's else. the here's the post Avengers problem. I can get by for not being in New York helping out. Where something big happens. He's probably busy up in Asgard. Fine. He can't just make a trip whenever he wants. I'm also fine with the Hulk not being there. Because Bruce Banner doesn't want to unleash the Hulk all the time. He's hiding away. He's careful. There's no excuse for why Iron Man didn't intervene in this film. (laughs) Well, I think... You could sort of say the same thing about um, what all the events that happened to Iron Man in... Iron Man 3. I'm sure you can. I haven't seen it. Because I I think by the end of... I won't say too much about Iron Man 3. It's, it, I think that's one of my favourite Marvel films so far. The, I've been hearing very mixed opinions on it. I would like, say it's whoa. one of the most genius interpretations of some of the characters. Especially Tony Stark. Who for the first time in a good long while is put in peril but yeah I'll talk more about that later um, yeah. I, based on what happens in Iron Man 3 it's more than understandable why he wouldn't inter- interfere Fair enough. also based on the rumours of what Avengers 2 is going to be about that's a good point yes I would assume that he's busy working away at something a little special something as in, he's been uh, hired to come up with an antagonist that's not Thanos for the Avengers two. But, I mean, the the Avengers two is going to have uh, uh, Ultron as um, as the villain. I remember reading that Stanley's excited because he's never read anything about Ultron <laughs> ever. Well, Ultron's like a year old, so that's not too surprising. <laughs> Like they like oh hey we need a villain for Avengers two let's take the one that was just made up two months ago okay <laughs> let's, let's have him voiced by James Spader why didn't you tell okay. me this earlier what I, I I'm excited for it um oh. it'll be fun but uh, and I and I think it's good that they're not pulling Thanos for Avengers two but now we're getting into Marvel talk again mm. uh, <laughs> let's talk about this film we did like let's talk about the villain in this film Alexander Payne Alexander Payne. The director of Sideways, The Descendants, and... That's not, yeah, that wasn't his name at all. Uh, <laughs> but it was AP. Uh, um... Robert Redford. Yes, sure. Robert Redford Robert, Robert, was the villain. I didn't think anything else. Was it P- Alexander Pierce? Was that it? Probably. I think so. Maybe. I'm terrible with names. In my, in my reviews, I always refer to characters unless they have an especially memorable name as the actor. 
or if I'm being snarky like I did with a Need for Speed review, I just call him Jesse Pinkman. Because, <laughs> well, I'm a very comedic person and my brand of comedy is ecstatic. Yeah, that's true. Mm. No, but uh, it was a it was a very interesting film because it it deals with a lot of a lot of like um, like the the question on Captain America's mind is like what what was what's the price of freedom worth and what the what, what am I fighting for in this new society? And I, th- I thought they did a good job uh, telling that story and having a really good message. But of course, the thing is, the film becomes totally stupid. At the halfway point. <laughs> and I'm not sure how okay it is to say why. But it gets so stupid in the best way. Like, I have not seen... This is I think, I, I this think... is probably the Marvel film I feel that understands comics the best. Yes. I could imagine a large chunk of Captain America Winter Soldier being very influenced by a specific comic. It feels almost as if they took one specific storyline and just adapted it with the comic itself as the storyboard. Absolutely. Um, I mean, let's, let's, let's go into spoilers, okay? S.H.I.E.L.D. is actually Hydra. Yes, and there's... <laughs> that was the best the... bit in the whole thing. And the Nazi professor from the first film is now a computer. And he was all like, I think that was the bit where it was when he was like, when he said the famous quote, cut off one head and two more will grow in its place. Specifically referring to Red Skull being written out of the franchise for now until they can blackmail Hugo Weaving back. Yeah, which um, isn't happening anytime soon. (laughs) But yeah, you're so good as Red Skull. He was amazing. I'm more than happy if he doesn't do it again, because just true. He was just so great there. But, yeah, where they revealed that from him, from the scientist guy who we weren't entirely sure where his loyalties were with Hydra. But in Winter Soldier, he says, well, I managed to get a place in the whole of S.H.I.E.L.D. I managed to influence it to the point where I can put my own men in it. But S.H.I.E.L.D. has basically been working as a cover for Hydra for the last... 60 odd years which is kind of brilliant <laughs> and uh, I mean it it just goes completely standard comic book on you with the, uh, how the how the villains are set up and then when they introduce Falcon which is he's so awesome I mean uh, when I heard An- Anthony Mackie, Mackie was going to be um, Falcon that was I was just so happy that they're continuing the trend of People who are perfect. People who have established themselves as great dramatic actors and just put, giving them wings so that they can go fight some neo-Nazis, basically. Yeah. Then, of course, it's a big, big spoiler bit, which, of course, is Nick Fury dying. Kind of. Did anyone think he was dead? I didn't. No, of course you didn't. Like, we see him die. We see him flatline on a table. We see fucking Black Widow walk up and, like, check his pulse and start crying and stuff. We all see this after he's been shot multiple times after a brilliant car chase. Um, 
And not for a second did I think, oh, well, Nick Fury's dead. I was just sitting there waiting for, okay, life model decoy or fake death. Which one is it? Come on, film. Tell me. And of course it was fake death. Oh, yes, of course it was fake death, because that's what Nick Fury does. Yes. Although I did like <laughs> for a while that um, Alexander Pierce, um, uh, basically, he basically looks like the uh, the white Nick Fury without the, the eye patch. Yeah. So for for a while I was thinking like, oh, are they going to pull a Nick Fury as just a cover name and go with a new Nick Fury? Is that what they're doing, maybe? But like in Skyfall, where M is sort of the same sort of thing? Yeah, although, did you know that M is actually in a, it's actually still the syllable of M's name? Oh. In the, the original uh, novels and the comic books and films, uh, M was Miles. Uh, we find this out, uh, Bond finds this out, and the scene is recreated in Casino Royale, but we never find out the new M's name. Instead, um, he says, uh, I thought M was a randomly assigned letter. I had no idea it stood for, and at that point, M cuts him off. <laughs> but the new M is named Mallory. So it's a little bit more obvious. Yeah. Which is why I called him being M before I even saw the film or saw the trailer. <laughs> I saw, oh, Ray Fiennes is playing a character named Mallory. Okay, you didn't just dying. <laughs> but yeah, um, I think having Robert Redford in the cast was such a fantastic move. I still yeah. don't understand how they managed to convince him to get be involved. But they must have had a hell of a pitch. I mean, who would, who really, who would decline a model from at this point? Look at the money Avengers brought in. Oh, yeah. If someone says, hey, you want to be in a model film? You say yes. Unless you're Hugo Weaving. <laughs> I'm trying to think of some particular actors who would say no to that as if, as in a, as a form of spite. Probably Joe Quain Phoenix. Unless he oh, really know. wanted to be Lex Luthor. See, Lex Luthor's a DC character. No, idiot. but as in, I'm going to show those DC people I'm going to be in a Marvel film. That's the only way oh, I can okay. think Joe Quain Phoenix would say yes. I don't know, if he got offered the proper role, like, um, I don't know, who could he play in the Marvel Universe? <sighs> Doctor Strange. <gasps> Well, we know Doctor Strange is happening, and they mentioned Strange in this film. Yes. <laughs> oh. Joe I, Queen Phoenix's I, Sam Strange would be the best thing ever. I, I think my friend got annoyed with me, because I, I kept leaning over to him, like, oh, that's a reference to this. I, that's a reference to that. Apparently, I am terrible with Marvel films, because that's what I do constantly. Yeah, but I, I do, too. Like, as soon as Strange was mentioned, I just went... Like, like, I just leaned over, like, oh, they mentioned Doctor Strange. They mentioned Doctor Strange. I, I think I must have... if. If I ever watch Captain America with a friend, I will be terrible doing the mid credit sequence. Oh, yes. Yes. Absolutely. Um, when, you, when we, of course, get to see who we also know was going to be Avengers. This isn't a spoiler. We know these cats are in the film. Uh, Quicksilver and Scarlet Witch, who already look better than the ones in Days of, <laughs> Days of Future Past. Well, to be honest, I think I've seen Deviant Art that looks better than a Quicksilver in Days of Future Past. Very fair point. But yeah, that was that, that was a neat bit. Um, so Quicksilver, because of course they can't use mutants in 
Marvel Cinematic Universe because all Marvel mutants yeah. belong to uh, Fox. So what they've done is they've made Scarlet Witch and Quicksilver Hydra experiments. Which is probably the best way to go about it. That's a really good way to go about it. And they ne- uh, oh, I'm I'm so excited for Avengers too. I mean, they never have to actually mention Magneto, but they can even just hint towards problems in the family. I mean, they can't. I mean, they can't say like um, just mention Eric or something. Like you can do that, and it's, you know, someday, someday Fox won't have the license to expand anymore, and it will all be solved. I predict now what will happen is a big film starring one member of the Avengers, one member of the X-Men, and Spider-Man. And that'll be the main cast, because that way no one gets preferential treatment. Yeah. So it will be Iron Man, Wolverine, and Spider-Man, the film. Oof. I would watch that. I'm not sure it would be good. (laughs) Because that's like, oh, that's an ego clash. Of uh, main characters. It is. Oh, shit. Uh, just putting Tony Stark in with anyone else is hard. I I, I mean, as much as... I, I mean, I was kind of critical of Avengers. I liked it. I liked it a lot. But um, I, I was still somewhat disappointed. But I really respected that they were able to, you know, keep all those heroes in one film. And no one really outweighed each other. Except Thor was sort of ignored. But... Um, <laughs> Which I, I think four has less screen time than Scarlet Widow. Uh, Scarlet uh, Black, uh, Widow. Black Widow, Black Widow, and I think oh, I think he has less screen time than Hawkeye. Actually, I, re- I remember reading up the numbers on on every character's screen time, and surprisingly enough, Iron Man is not the one with the most, if I recall correctly. I would I'd have thought it would be either Captain America. It's Cap, yeah. Yes, um, he is pretty much the unspoken leader of the Avengers. I mean. I mean, he is the leader of Avengers, but the, uh, um, until Iron Man took over in the comics. But yeah, but um, you have Avengers is sort of half of a sequel to Captain America, the first Avenger. Yeah. Because it deals with, with, with Cap just waking up, whereas the other ones are sort of well established. I mean, you can argue it's a sequel to Incredible Hulk as well, but no. <laughs> uh, it's not. Does anyone even care about Incredible Hulk? I mean, I liked Incredible Hulk. I, I thought it was, was alright. But, like, when I think about the Marvel films, it's... Like, if I'm thinking, like, oh... Because when I go and see Avengers 2, I'm going to rewatch all the films. I mean, when oh, I yeah. watch Avengers, I rewatch all the films. But I'm, I'm, I might skip out on it. Because, honestly, it brings nothing to the table. You could just... Yeah, I mean, I think that was the idea. As in, they had a new actor to be... Uh, Bruce Banner, uh, and they kind of just assume that you already know about the Hulk. Yeah, um, and I mean, I, I mean, I'm weird because I like, I like the, um, I like the the Eric Bana Hulk as well, um, the one by Ang Lee, and um, I saw, I sort of view because because Incredible Hulk was made as a reboot. But it also sort of treats itself like a sequel by co- by continuing off where the first Hulk film ended without technically being canonical to it. Well, I think it's one of the problems that I have with um, how 
certain superhero films such as Superman and Batman, every single time there's a new director or new vision for these sort of films, they have to start from the very beginning. Yeah. Even though and... it's so pointless. Exactly, but I I like that because it it, it it sort of works like comic books do, where you have new writers take on something. Uh, so like even though yeah okay Hulk isn't technically canonical with Incredible Hulk, but you can still sort of pretend they are, because it works. It just works as an earlier era of the hero. There's not enough in uh, there to get it in the way. I think. Yeah, and at the same time, Avengers works as a sequel to either of them because they both end in sort of the same place again. It just ends with, oh, Bruce Banner's probably hiding in another country. Probably in the jungle somewhere. Yeah. Okay, that's just what he does now. So we're going to start every Hulk story. We're going to start with him just being in a jungle. Every Hulk story works as a sequel to or, or as, a, as a new film. Like, it doesn't matter. So I would probably... Like, if I watch Incredible Hulk, I would probably be watching Hulk first. Because it just works just as well as a Marvel film. It helps better if you watch that before any of the others as well. Yeah, and I like like I said, I liked it. I thought it was cool. I mean, was it was it different from what people wanted out of a Hulk film? Yeah, maybe. But Nick Nolte is amazing. Is I think if given a chance, that would I think a film with the same sort of style as Hulk would be more accepted. Yeah, and that's that's another film that really took its comic book um, uh, feeling to heart. Similar to what uh, the Winter Soldier does, because mm. it's completely ridiculous. It has a villain whose power is I can absorb anything. It's been a while since I've seen Hulk. And... I mean, yeah. everyone always the only thing people point out about this, like, ah, oh, look at the CG dogs. Like they they look bad. Ha ha. Yeah, I've, but, I've, but that... I've watched a few films from now around that era. All CGI looks bad. Shut up. Yeah, I mean, I still like the first Spider-Man film. That one has yeah. terrible CGI. Um, there's a... Remember the bit where you got like Spider-Man bouncing on the balloons? Yes. Yeah, no one's... Yes. Yeah, you're not allowed to complain about everything else if you're going to say <laughs> that's acceptable. Exactly. Um, so, yeah. So, when, when I... I mean, my favourite bit of CGI, there was one bit that they did well, and that was Norman Osborn's face. I mean, I'm amazed they got it that goblin-like. That's that's a very good point. Yeah, I mean, uh, it looks almost. I mean, weird. I mean, I, but it's weird. I mean, they didn't they didn't go with the ultimate subplot of, of him like becoming a goblin. So I don't know why they bothered giving him that face. But but it's fit, I guess it, it just... fits so well. I mean, yeah. the moment you first see him and you're just like, oh my god, it's the Goblin Man. Yeah, why is he wearing a mask? <laughs> why did Willem Dafoe wear a mask? <laughs> why is Willem Dafoe always wearing a mask? <laughs> <laughs> oh, William Dafoe, you have the best face in show business. Um, I'm kind of sad that they're... I mean, I'm both happy and sad that they're trying to replicate his face in the new one. Well, well let's... let's well, why not? Let's talk... Cause, uh, let's talk about trailers. Because I got I, I some trailers I got in front of Winter Soldier. I got two trailers in front of the Winter Soldier uh, that I want to talk about. Um, Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh, yeah, I got that one as well. Yeah, which is looking so good. I mean, that's probably go. I mean, I can see that being my favorite film of the year. I think what I like most about it was because I've been watching Parks and Recreation for a good while, and yeah. Chris Pratt 
his sort of character on the show, Andy, is the lovable doofus. He's an idiot, but he has a big heart. As in, the, his current wife on the show is sort of overtly sarcastic and most of the time very abrasive towards everyone, but the actress and the actor portraying them as a couple, they're really sweet, they're really likable, and it's just a big part of why I love the show so much. Yeah. Seeing him as a dick is something I never thought I would need in my life. <laughs> and he's great in the trailer. <laughs> no, like, I mean, that's nothing. Guardians of the Galaxy. You don't... How, how does a film like that get made? How does anyone in Hollywood read the words raccoon with a machine gun on the shoulders of a large tree man who doesn't speak, played by Vin Diesel, and say, yeah, we're making this. Like that, 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 it sounds like a family guy joke. <laughs> it just sounds like something someone cobbled together. And I, mean, I think that really shows just the power of how, power of Marvel taking over as a, their own film studio. They're really, just, they're really just making their comics as films now, for better or worse. I think, yeah, I mean, it's interesting how that's become the most vital part of Marvel overall. I mean, yeah. the comics have always been a bit... Well, they, it, I think it's more of a case of a very vocal minority when it comes to overall entertainment. But the films are leaps and bounds ahead in terms of their exposure, their influence, and how profitable they are. Yeah, and I would I would love to see DC do the same thing. To be honest, I would love to see DC just go like, "Hey, hey, uh, Warner Brothers, fuck you, legendary <laughs> uh, pictures, go to hell." We're making our own films now, but they they can't. No, they can't. can't. We're we're not going to be seeing Martian Manhunter anytime soon. I don't think. That would be so good, though. It would. I would love that. <laughs> and of course, we're never going to get a Wonder Woman film. And if we do get a Wonder Woman film, like to keep teasing us about. It's going to be terrible. Because it's going to be a case of a hundred billion rewrites from terrible writers and then probably Damon Lindelof stepping in. <laughs> I'm just expecting them to... I reckon, because I watched the um, first few episodes of the um, Justice League animated series. Okay. Where a large chunk of that was bringing them all together. And apparently that yeah. was the first introduction of Wonder Woman into this universe. I think that they think that they can get away with that. Yeah, in... I mean, that's the thing. DC and and Warner Brothers, they, they, they saw the Avengers. They saw the money the Avengers brought it, and they said, we're doing that. But they don't have the films. Like, Green Lantern? No. You've, kill, you, you've killed the Dark Knight series. So you're going to have to reboot that. And you're doing that in a Superman sequel? To a film that completely forgot what Superman is? <laughs> I've been asked. And it's also going to star The Flash and Wonder Woman? I just, I can't wait for them to have a press conference where they announce who the Green Lantern is going to be and they say, it's Jon Stewart. And everyone's like, yeah, we know. You can't do Hal Jordan because he was shit. And they, no, no, we mean it's Jon Stewart playing him. What? <laughs> Yeah, that'd be the only way I think anyone would be John surprised. Stewart, John Stewart playing Hal Jordan. I'd watch it. <laughs> It'd be terrible. I'd watch it. 
I reckon it will work as a great five-minute sketch that Jon Stewart does on The Daily Show. Yeah. Which, has he done that yet? He should. He should. He, I, I... Hey, Jon Stewart, hire me. I can write sketches. <laughs> uh, I can be um, I can be Tony Stark better than Ryan Reynolds tried. I can actually write, for instance. Ah, uh, poor Ryan Reynolds. Not poor Ryan but, Reynolds. But, he was shit. No, but he just wants to be in a good comic book film. Then he gets the scripts and realizes, oh, oh, well, this isn't the one. It's it's like he's he's like the Leonardo DiCaprio. Of acting, I meant that in the sense that Leonardo DiCaprio he doesn't get an Oscar. I realize he's an actor, <laughs> but um, okay, so he's the Leonardo DiCaprio of superhero actors. Of like, okay, finally I'm gonna get. Oh, oh, this one's gonna suck. Well, maybe I can use this as a jumping-off point to get my own solo film. Oh wait, no. Oh, uh, uh. we're making a Deadpool film. Uh, we're still making a Deadpool. Fi- Are we still making a Deadpool film? Yeah, we has. I mean, it's got to be PG thirteen. Oh. oh, but, but it, uh-huh. I mean, I mean, I get it. Most, I mean, Deadpool is the ultimate thirteen-year-old favorite. But oh, I, I, I can't wait for Leonardo DiCaprio to play Deadpool and get an Oscar for it. <laughs> That'll be the one. <laughs> That'll be the one. I mean, they they would give it to him out of spite. Like, okay, okay, Leo, we just feel sorry for you now. Here, have the best actor. We don't care. Like, we, 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 we took it off of someone else, but just ha- don't come back. Leo, please. <laughs> just, don't, just, no, just go no. away. No, don't don't sit down in the audience yeah. again. <laughs> the door's out there. You weren't invited this year. You weren't in any films this year. That door, go out. Don't come back. Tell us when you started directing instead. We know it's going to happen. And then he does the slow walk out of the out of the um, theatre, and then he just looks back just to see if it's all a joke, and then the guy who, who's presenting you was just like, mm-hmm. come on. No, 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 at that point, the guy's like, and presenting the award for Best Actress. Uh, Poor Leo. Oh. He can never catch a break. <laughs> <laughs> I just realised that we have, in, our, in the four podcasts we've done, five podcasts we've done, about films. We have made Leonardo DiCaprio out to be the saddest person alive. Yeah, that's the thing. I imagine that... It's after, probably true. I, I imagine that after <laughs> being kicked out of the Oscars, he would then go home and just sit on a throne he made from all of his money. Yeah. He'll be looking at the Oscar and he'll, and he'll ask himself, <sighs> was it worth it? And then... And, I mean, the, the, the name on it is like... I don't know, Dustin Hoffman or something. And he's just like, <laughs> no. And he tosses it, then. <sighs> well, then he goes to star in. Great Gatsby 2, Back from yes. the Dead. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I was trying to think of a Leo film that could get a sequel and realize they can't. I mean, really? Is there a Leo film that can get a sequel? Great Gatsby 2, Daisy's Joyride from Hell. I mean, I would, I would watch, I would watch Wolf of Wall Street too. I would, and he'd spend most of it being Hi, sober. I'm, 
I'm Jordan Belfort. I'm fine now. I'm having a great life. I'm making money off of this book I, I, I wrote, and my film won some awards. <laughs> Let's make a film about this. Uh, the second trailer I saw, <laughs> getting back on topic, oh, yes. that I wanted to uh, talk about is um, Amazing Spider-Man 2. Oddly enough, these are the same things I saw as well. Yeah. Um, Although Spider-Man has been in front of every film ever. I got past... a new trailer. For, uh, I, ha- I hadn't seen this trailer before, actually. Uh, I had some more f- some footage I hadn't seen, and I I liked it. Uh... It looks all right. I mean, I liked the first Amazing Spider-Man, but I thought the trailer for that one was shit. So these trailers are are all right. I think it... people keep people keep pointing out like, uh, oh, 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 they look terrible, but yeah, I'm... so okay, Electro looks silly. It's not like he wouldn't look silly if it was green and yellow. Look at Quicksilver in X-Men. No one's beaten that. That's what. That's my opinion on Electro. Yeah. And, I mean, if you can get Jamie Foxx as your villain, then you're going to. Yeah, and... and you kind of want him to have some face time as well, because otherwise he's just got a big old mask with electricity bolts on it and a green leotard. And it doesn't, and it doesn't seem like they're doing the whole, like, oh, only one villain will get screen time either, because we have seen plenty of uh, build-up for both the Goblin and uh, Electro. And granted, Rhino might be a minor character, but... Let's be Yeah, perfect. I mean, Rhino Honestly, was... It's Rhino. Yeah, I mean, Rhino was never... Well, he, all I really know him from was the games. He was always a minor villain. Rhino is always the pointless boss he was always fight the, early in the game. He was the first boss of a game. And it's always the same boss fight. Oh, he runs at you, jump over him, he runs into something, attack him. I assume that's going to be exactly what happens in Amazing Spider-Man 2. I mean, although, although that does also one thing I did notice with Rhino, it does mean that two stars of Sideways gave up drinking and then decided to get that fucking Spider-Man. Yeah, I mean, and people also don't like, like oh, it's a it's a giant robot Rhino. I like that. I think that works. What do you think would be better? Him having a giant costume on and say, "I'm a Rhino." No, I think what they want because you know. They had the the. I mean, in in this film, it's it's. Um, I mean, Peter Parker's basically a mutant. He's, he's a spider mutant. You had a lizard. Yes, you had a lizard mutant. Hmm. Uh, you had a. Um, you have a electric eel mutant because they go in the. Um, I think ultimate and spectacular route. I mean, really, people keep pointing out that this film is basically ultimate Spider Man. It's really more spectacular Spider Man. It just borrows every plot thread from Spectacular Spider-Man, except you liked it when it was called Spectacular Spider-Man, didn't you? Yes, you did. Um, and uh, I'm guessing what he wanted was like, oh, Rhino will be a mutant with Rhino DNA. Because uh, that's what he was in the Amazing Spider-Man game. Which everyone adored. It wasn't a pretty good game, actually. As in it um, wasn't? No, it was. Oh. Anyway. Well, I've, it was all I've heard is that the story's a load of wank. Oh, yeah, sure. But like, but the story of that is like, oh, uh, Oscorp kept um, experimenting, and we're like, oh, and uh, look, Rhino, he's a person, and we have, and Alistair Smith is here making this, these, the what are called, spider seekers or whatever they're called, the spider destroyers, so the giant mechs that look like spiders that attack Spider-Man, mm. um, and. Uh, I, I I mean for for a while I thought okay so they're making this to bridge the stories but no they're just ignoring that one uh, probably for the better 
Um, but I'm fine with Giant Tank Rhino. I was fine with that in Ultimate Spider-Man 2. Because um, in that one, he was, he was R-H-I-N-O. It was dots between each letter. Mm. That's silly. Um, and of course, Goblin. People don't like that Goblin looks like a troll. I think I think when I first heard about the actor who's going to be um, Harry Osborn, I was immediately happy because Chronicle was awesome. Yeah, and he he seems to be doing a great job in front of the trailer. He's creepy. I like my Harry Osborn creepy. Yeah. I I don't remember. I love James Franco as Harry. I I mean, if anything, James Franco's Harry made me care about the character for the first time. Yeah, I mean, but um, I mean, it also came in that period of James Franco's career before everything may have been a joke. What's the the new guy? What's his name? Hold on, let me search Chronicle. It's is it something to can something like that? Oh, whatever. It's a odd one. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's I think it's something to can, but yeah. Um. But he seems to be doing a good job as well. Um, and people can be like, oh, he looks ridiculous because he has hair standing up and he has a goblin-like face. Yeah, but... They made him look like Willem Dafoe! I'm sorry! I'm, so- I'm sorry! Are we complaining about this? <laughs> I mean... They made him look like Willem Dafoe and you're complaining! <laughs> I would thank them! And, yeah, is his hair silly? Yes. Does he look like a troll doll? Yes. That's kind of terrifying. And a troll oh. and a goblin? They're sort of the same thing. Oh, that's what happens when you take a comic book villain and make him realistic. I yeah. And and of course they're like, oh couldn't you just go on green and, and uh, green and purple suits? They could have. They could have. That would have yeah. been silly too. I don't see how going silly in a different direction makes it worse though. Don't get me wrong, I would love to see classic goblin. I I, I wish there were they would have gone classic Goblin in the first film. They didn't. They were going to, but they didn't. And then there are plenty. Is that there's a lot of uh, dis- discarded concept art for Goblin in the first film. Some of it looks a lot like the, the Goblin in, in this new one. Hmm. Um, and I'm fine with. I I like seeing new takes on old characters. I mean, uh, wh- okay. If people really are going to complain about this, then why aren't people complaining about Batman wearing a black suit? Batman wore gray and blue. Until Tim Burton. Then it became black and yellow. Black and yellow, black and yellow. Uh, then after that, pe- people just started accepting it. Sure, there's been comics since then where, gr- where he's been gray and black, but he's never gray in the films. He's always, if he's not like pitch perfect black, he's so dark gray you can barely tell it. And they've been re- removing the yellow aspects too. In The Dark Knight, uh, this is Dark Knight Rises, Batman is just completely black. Why is that not a problem if it's all about staying true to the source material? I didn't mind that. And and Superman. I mean, as much as I hate Man of Steel, I didn't mind the lack of red underpants or wrestling shorts, whatever you want to call them. Yeah, I think the moment when he leapt into the sky and did the flying thing, any arguments that he wasn't Superman because he wasn't wearing the right thing kind of went out the window. Yeah, that was like the only scene that worked in that film. Um, oh. I mean, would I have preferred if it was more colorful? Yeah, that was that wasn't the fault of the suit. That was the fault of the entire film. That film is desaturated as fuck. So, no, I don't have a problem there either. Green Lantern having this organic suit—it looked bad because of bad CGI. The design wasn't bad. 
So no, I don't. I I don't think I don't like the whole. Oh, if it's if it's not true to original and and it's silly, then it's bad because the original was probably silly as well, and it's just silly in a different way. Yeah. With that said, uh, people will bring up the lizard from the previous film, who was accurate to the source material. The snouted lizard was not the original lizard. That came later. People are like, oh, where's the snout? Where's the snout? It shouldn't have the snout. It's his origin. I think my uh, my, my bigger problem with um, the lizard was, oh, why is he more boring than I thought he was going to be? Yeah. I like the lizard. I, and, yeah. I, and you know what? I, the one thing I was like, please have the lizard being a lab coat. Please have him be in a lab coat. And he wasn't in the lab coat for two seconds. That's all I needed. Like, this, this, when he pops out of the sewer, wearing a lab coat, and pulls it off, I was like, thanks. Yeah. I'm happy. That'll do. That's, I, I, that's all I needed. I don't need him wearing a lab coat for the entire film. That'd be stupid. But seeing him for a second wearing it, just to n- nod and wink, like, yeah, we know. Toss it off. I'm cool with that. I'm so <laughs> cool with that. It's been a while since I've watched Amazing Spider-Man. I think I came out of it thinking... Eh. I mean, yeah. I think it's probably my favorite Spider-Man film. Because to me, it's it got what it got what Spider-Man is so well. And I mean, I like Spider-Man a lot. And, um, I, mean, I would say that Andrew Garfield is a much better Spider-Man than Tobey yeah, Maguire. And, and I, I like Tobey Maguire as Peter Parker. He's yeah. fine. Uh, I mean, a lot, a lot of people... It's, it's cool to hate on Tobey on to- on to- Maguire. Because his way of acting is... Is uh, sort of opening his mouth in the middle, between uh, slightly between the middle part of his lips, yeah. and then staring with open eyes and going, "What?" Like that's Tobey Maguire, but um, he did good. I thought he did fine, and uh, I mean, I thought all of them did fine, even even in Spider Man Three, which yes, it's a shit film. I'm not gonna argue against that. You know what? Topher Grace as Eddie Brock didn't mind it. Honestly, didn't mind it. I figured they got the character right. I think it was more a fault of um, one of the bigger problems that that film had that Venom couldn't work as well as I think people oh, sure. would want. As in, oh sure, I think Spider-Man Three, the same script with a few more rewrites and having been extended to two films, could have worked. I think they should have kept Sandman and Black Suit their own story, and with getting rid of Black Suit and make. New Goblin and Venom, the next film. That could have worked. But the, it, instead it just becomes a rushed mess with too many characters and too little time to establish things and poor writing. And I think the problem with uh, Spider-Man 3 was Sam Raimi was desperate to do Sandman. Yeah. Stoney were desperate to have Venom. Yeah. Both of them knew that they needed to finish the Harry Osborn arc. Yeah, because and it just sort of became a big old fight that led to them trying to compromise on it, saying, "Okay, well, we'll have a bit of Sandman, we'll have a bit of Venom, and we'll sort out Harry Osborn along the way. He can have the middle bit of this film." And it didn't quite work as well as I think any screenwriter could have been yeah. able to make it work. There was a lot of that film I felt was out of the hands of everyone involved. Okay, okay. And this is this that's been bothering me since 2002. That was the year the first one came out, right? Yeah. Yeah. So this has been on my mind for 12 years now. 
and I've been so annoyed with it since fucking middle school. Um, whenever someone says, "Cause I, cause when Spider Man One ended, and Norman Osborn was dead, and Harry saw Spider Man and all the stuff, I said, I can't wait for Harry to be Green Goblin." Yeah, and this is what I got back from almost everyone who saw the film with me or saw the film after me. No, he's going to be Hobgoblin. Harry Osborn isn't Hobgoblin. Isn't Hobgoblin That's like... That's a different character. I think I just heard this of Dismal Jesters, but isn't Hobgoblin just a random guy who's like, oh, look at this suit I've got. Pretty much. Um, and he, he, he he's really stealthy. Like, he, like, he, he, I think he makes... Uh, if I recall correctly, he makes Spider-Man believe that Flash Thompson is Hobgoblin for a while before his threat and is revealed. So, like, he, he gets arrested as Hobgoblin, taken to prison and everything. It's pretty cool. Um, and, of course, eventually, he st- st- stuck, a, stuck a deal with demons and became Demogoblin and became, became an undead Basically, Grim Reaper-esque figure. He's interesting. Hobgoblin hmm. is cool, but he has nothing to do with Green Goblin. Harry Osborn and, and Norman Osborn were both the Green Goblin. And, of course, in this one, in Miss Spider-Man 2, um, we, we're only going to get Harry Osborn as Green Goblin because Norman Osborn is dying. Yeah, I mean, I... That... Which I think is a good idea. Yeah, I mean, in one of the trailers, I think Chris Cooper is in a bed looking dead. So. Yeah, and I and I think that was the best way because if they were to have Norman Osborn Green Goblin, everyone would just start comparing it to Willem Dafoe. Yeah, because it matter if you like like the film or performance, not it's still memorable. I mean, I'm sure that if he was given a chance to be a main villain, Chris Cooper would be very good as the Green Goblin. I mean, Absolutely. he was one of his best performances was in American Beauty, for instance. He can do villainous, he can do disturbing and unhinged. He'd yeah. be a great Green Goblin. But, um, yeah, I don't mind. From what I've seen of the trailer so far, I don't think I mind a lot of it, but that's only because while I, I wasn't ecstatic or that infused by Amazing Spider-Man, I kind of felt it retreaded on too much material from the previous Spider-Man films already, and there wasn't a lot there that was new enough to keep my interest. It was nice seeing Gwen Stacy yeah. done... As perfectly as I think she could be done. Except I'm I'm just constantly terrified, especially with a goblin in the film of like. Well, they've, are, are, they've done nothing going, but hint towards it. This this is almost going a, to kill Gwen. I don't want you to kill Gwen. That's the biggest mistake that ever happened in Spider Man. I don't like Mary Jane. It's it's interesting because they've been about as bad as Hideo Kojima has with his spoilers, and where he's like, "Oh, is this happening? Is this happening? Maybe it's happening." No, wait, I'm not. I'm thinking of um, Khan. As yeah. in, is there going to be Khan in this film? We don't know. And... No, no, no. There won't be. They lied. They lied straight to our faces and said we would never recast Khan. <laughs> and then when they were like, okay, we have a new villain coming out. Let's look for every single Spanish and Mexican actor we can think of. But it's not Khan. <laughs> we, pro- we promise it's not Khan. We will never recast Khan. We're doing a new villain. We promise. We promise. Promise. Oh, sorry. We shouldn't. We shouldn't have lied to you. Like he, fucking D. Abrams came out and said we probably shouldn't have lied. Yeah. Like no, no, really, really, shouldn't have. Uh, uh, getting back to Miss Spider-Man though. 
Amazing Spider-Man, um, the first film, uh, it did refer to a lot of things, but I also liked, uh, I mean, pe- some, some of these people complain about, I don't really understand. People were like, Peter Parker wasn't nerdy enough. And he was in every other adaptation. Oh, he has a skateboard. Is skateboards the cool thing to have right now? Um, I don't think so. I think they kind of said he was in the photography class, which sort of meant he ha- he's part of a niche aspect of school life, meaning... You, 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 can't, you can't take the 60s era Peter Parker nerd and just put it in 2010. That won't work. And was that I the entire point of Amazing Spider-Man, to put him in the modern day? Yeah. And I thought they'd be fine. And people like, oh, oh, you can't have him be cool on a skateboard. Well, then he should probably die when he starts swinging on his webs. Although, to be honest, I don't think skateboards have been cool since the 90s. No, that was, that was the first thing I said. People were like, oh, he's, he's on a skateboard. He shouldn't be cool. I'm like, no one thinks skateboards are cool anymore. <laughs> uh. Tony Hawk is uh, way over 40 by now, people. Let the dream die. Exactly. If anything, it's kind of sad that that that, that, that Peter Parker is like the one thing he's good at is fucking skateboarding. <laughs> okay, the non-sign skill he has is skateboarding. And everyone's like, "Oh, it, it's too Twilighty because Peter Parker uh, comes in through Gwen's window in one scene." No, I liked when they yeah. said, "Oh, he's too pretty to be." Spider-Man, yeah, let's see you try and make Andrew Garfield unattractive. I've... Have you seen P- Peter Parker in the comics isn't unattractive. He was never unattractive. Yeah. Um, and it's also like, really, him coming through, through a window is, is a problem now because of Twilight? That's Spider-Man's main way of entering and leaving. Mary Jane knew who Spider-Man was because Peter Parker just leapt through his window as Spider-Man. <laughs> I'm imagining I, that this I, is how I'm fine. I, I'm imagining fine. that um, this is how Peter Parker enters all doors all the time. Yeah. He bursts through the Wait. window, even when he got well, even when he's going home to visit Aunt May, he just bursts in and say, "Hi, how you doing?" God damn! I, I want to watch the Spider-Man films now. Uh, oh, I have first, first like, one. Yeah, I, I want to see all four of them actually. But um, no, I mean, fine. If you don't like Amazing Spider-Man, that's fine. I'm not going to tell you to like it from you don't like. I would never do that. I do. Sorry. But, um, but, um, please, if your problems are that, I ask you to reconsider mm. if you even like the, the, the Spider-Man stuff you claim to like, because Amazing Spider-Man got what Peter Parker was and what Spider-Man was. Now, there are plenty of problems with the film. I have stated plenty myself. There's a lot of problems with the writing, the pacing, the um, the the way they removed scenes from the film to m- basically make it more mysterious for a sequel was stupid. The climax is annoying, and some people would po- and yeah, to an extent, Peter Parker and Gwen Stacy disobeying, um, uh, yeah, the dying words of a man whose only care has been for the yeah. welfare and protection of Cap- his Captain life. Captain Stacy. That's what, that's what I was looking for. Um, I mean. Yeah, okay, that's a bit much, but I mean, you, 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 you weren't re- seriously thinking they were going to stop Peter and Gwen by just having them break up. That, I, I, I was, I knew that there wasn't going to be a bit where Peter Parker would say, "Well, I guess I should stop Spider-Manning then," although that could lead to Spider-Man no more. 
I would love Spider-Man. Spider-Man 2 already did that, though. Sort of. Mm. With Can we... Spider-Man 2? I can't use my powers anymore. Why? Because I'm, I don't know. I'm depressed. <laughs> that's, that's... That's almost as... I think that's almost as now. bad as... Uh, Queen Amadidia dying from a heartbreak in episode 3. Yeah. Of Star Wars. Can we get a break time going? It's... Yeah, let's go to break. Your father developed and perfected the ultimate steroid. He called it Flag, full latent ability gain. He injected himself with the serum, and it worked. A top secret serum gave Steve Rogers superpowers. Now he can use them to save a city from a madman with a bomb. Finished. If he accepts the challenge. Be Captain America, Steve. Heather Menzies, Steve Forrest, and Red Brown is the star-spangled superhero, Captain America. And welcome back. Uh, so, let's go back to Marvel and talk about Marvel. Well, which era are we going to look at first? The um, general Marvel overall or the Marvel Cinematic Universe? I mean, most films as a whole has sort of an interesting history with, you know, Starting off early with with a lot of TV films and stuff like that. Mm. You have you have the pilot for the Doctor Strange uh, show, of course, the original Spider Man TV series, um, Captain America with Red Brown and Captain America Death Too Soon with Red Brown and Christopher Lee, mm-hmm. um, which <laughs> I I am a fan of in in <laughs> a sense of the word. I think I remember watching the um, not the Red Brown. Um, Captain America, the other one, the nineteen ninety one. Yeah, that one. That was well. That wasn't very good. Yeah, I I, I like the reference to that one in the Winter Soldier, where they're like, "Where did Captain America learn how to steal cars?" Because <laughs> of course, that's the trademark thing but Captain America does. The in one the, in super the previous one. The one superpower of Captain America in that film is not super strength. It is not a strategic mind. It is ability to look sick and then use that ability to steal cars. Yeah. But, um, no, I was thinking Marvel Cinematic Universe because, um, of course, we've just seen Captain America and there'll be, there'll be plenty of time to talk about other Marvel films when The Amazing Spider-Man 2 comes out. And, uh, and Days of Future Past is coming out. Indeed. Indeed. That's next month. No, wait, I mean Spider-Man. I mean, yeah, Spider-Man's wait, next wait, month wait. and the month after that is Days of Future. Oh, it's, okay. Yeah, I keep getting confused which one is which. Um... But, um, yeah, so, of course, he started off with um, Iron Man mm-hmm. being a huge success. A, a huge, unprecedented success. It was, I don't think people were expecting that to be as well received as it was. Yeah. As in, it has a 40-odd-year-old hero. It's a character not a lot of people already recognized. It's from a director who's made some made some films that required heavy use of CGI and special effects. I mean, anyone who tells me that they didn't like Zafira is is officially on my shit list. 
But um, yeah, Iron Man f- was really, really good. It was. And a very, very fair way to um, modernize a character. Yeah. Plus it helps introduce a new aspect to all of these superhero films. And that was the introduction of S.H.I.E.L.D. Exactly. And of course, the big tease with Samuel L. Jackson at the end and the Avengers initiative. <laughs> that was, was... Oh. That was amazing. Can you imagine? Can you, can you believe that was back in... Was it 2007? I think that was 2000... I think it was after... I think it was around the same year as Dark Knight. Dark Knight was 08, I think. It was 09. And so, uh, 08... I think I remember, yeah, yeah, um, Iron Man was 2008. Yeah, it was, I mean, that that hint, and of course then the walk-on cameo by Tony Stark in Incredible Hulk, just, yes, that, that just solidified that, yeah, we're doing this. Yeah. We are really, really, really doing this. <laughs> Fuck everyone else, we are, we are making a, a universe of all our films, and no one can stop us. And then... They announced that the next films we'll be making after Iron Man 2 are our two most difficult and potentially laughable characters, if done wrong. Thor and Captain America. I remember reading Empire Magazine, which had a huge superhero special surrounding one of them, and they said the folly of Marvel is that they think that they can bring Thor to cinemas. This will be their undoing. They think that they can take. Oh. A cla- I mean, mm-hmm. they were, the logic they were using was well, this is a character that's so fantastical and silly looking. How can they do this properly? How can they continue this? He's going to have to be talking like he's in Shakespeare for most of the film. Oh, oh, really? Shakespeare, you say? And, hmm. and then they announced so the director's going to be the best possible director to handle that sort of thing. Kenneth Branagh. I love <sighs> Kenneth Branagh. <laughs> and then when they announced Captain America, there were the pe- people wondering how they're going to do not just a period piece, but also a character that may be considered way too corny to be relatable in any way. Get the most perfect direct you can for him, then, Joe Johnston. Absolutely, and what? of course, while Iron Man Two is largely seen as the black sheep of the Marvel universe, and I will agree with that. And we um, sort of didn't talk about the Incredible Hulk at all, but fuck that. Uh, uh, Iron Man Two, it it kept up the yeah, we're really pushing this feeling like. Samuel Jackson as Nick Fury became a prominent character. We introduced Black Widow. We hinted towards. Uh, we, we 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 talked about. Um, is it Henry Stark? Yeah, yeah, Henry Stark, and we and all those things. And of course, we see the, the we see symbolism for Captain America and stuff in Iron Man too. And of course, ending with Thor's hammer. <laughs> that was so amazing. And then Thor, which to date is my favorite Marvel film. I love <sighs> Thor. And everyone who doesn't like it seems to have the same problem. That it's too silly. 
oddly enough, the film dedicated to Norse mythology gets a bit fantastical at times. It's so wonderfully silly. I love it. And it's funny. It's really funny. Yeah, that was a big part of what I liked about it. I think it has one of the best actors possible for that sort of film. In I'm banking on his name. Chris Hemsworth. Yes, oh yeah, absolutely. Chris Hemsworth is amazing as uh, as Thor. And that was like the first thing... Cause it, it was was laughing when, when the pictures came out of him wearing the big red cape and, and you had Odin with the golden eye patch and like, oh, this is going to be terrible. This, this, is, this is going to be awful. Yeah. No one's going to like this. It's going to be a, a bad CG mess. Nothing looks real. It'll be the next Green Lantern. Like, no. No, it all worked. It all worked really well. And, like, every line Chris Hemsworth delivers is just so brilliant. I like this drink. Another! I think my favorite bit was when he just walks into a pet store and demands a, a, a steed of his of his worth. <laughs> yes. And they're like, well, we got dogs. How big are these dogs? Um... Uh... <laughs> I also like when people... People complain that oh they're they're doing the uh, Masters of the Universe and Beastmaster Two thing where they take a fantastical character and brings it to Earth. I- I'm sorry, you didn't want Thor on Earth. I'm sorry, you didn't want more continuation of the Marvel Universe. As in, like, and it did it did brilliantly. I mean, if you don't want to have the intro of Thor as it's usually been recognized, I mean. It's hard to have Thor be a relatable outsider who is learning to love Earth if he never goes. Yeah. I mean, it's it's like complaining Doctor Who goes back to London. <laughs> well, I mean, in Avengers, imagine if... Imagine if in all of the debates he had with Loki, where it was like, you can't destroy this world, it's filled with good people. And then Loki just said, but you've never been! Well, I've seen postcards. It looks all right. <laughs> Did you see the pyramids there? I mean, what's up with that? <laughs> yeah, and, and speaking of, of Loki, Tom Hiddleston, oh. of course, being amazing. And I think he did even better in Thor than he did in Avengers, but he was amazing in Avengers as well. Yeah. But in Thor, he was a really, really good villain. I think of all the characters, someone could have done a really campy performance of that and it would have still worked but I'm yeah. really happy that Tom Hiddleston fully went into it he he didn't go joker on it no he 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 did he he played loki as sly calculating and false yeah. the way he should be i love that he did a really good job and of course the fight scenes with, with him at the start when he's like creating clones of himself like it was so cool it was really something neat. Like the, yeah. all, all of the Ice Giant stuff is brilliant. I love it. I mean, you're supposed to believe that they keep him around for things other than par- party tricks. Like, there's a reason he's on the high. He's one of the main people at the front line of any battle. It's not yeah. just a case of every now and then he, 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 he does tricks at someone's birthday party. He is a genuine force to be reckoned with in his own special way. Yeah. And then, of course, after Thor, we got the teaser of them finding Captain America in the ice. Oh. 
And of course, as we have mentioned, there's four very much established uh, Coulson as a character as well. Um, who, of course, became a big character in Avengers and later Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Um, but you have then the Captain America film, which I was not sure what to expect. I was very torn on watching Captain America because, like, I had heard good things, but I kept thinking... But this could still... There could be still something about this that just doesn't work. Yeah. I Like, I mean, we have Chris... I've seen Chris Evans in superhero films. I'm not too sure about this. I think... Of, and I had yeah. to eat all my words. I think you said that four is your favorite Marvel yeah. Cinematic Universe film. Captain America, the first Avenger is mine. Yeah, it's, it, my, it's my second it, one. I don't think you could ever make a more perfect Captain America film without putting Red Brown in it. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, I, I think Winter Soldier I think I like better. But, um, but it gets oh, absolutely... Um, Every yeah. possible aspect of the 70 plus years history of Captain America absolutely down perfectly. It, and most importantly, it, it makes Captain America not only a patriotic character, but a likable character. The big scene for me was the fact that they managed to establish who Captain America was before the superhero serum. Yes. What, and even after the superhero serum, but before... Becoming a hero. Yeah. I mean, the scenes where he's the patriotic sideshow being told, look, if you help us sell war bonds, that's just as good as what the soldiers are doing. That was so fantastically done. And then when you see what Captain America really thinks of himself at that, throughout that, it's absolutely perfect. It's just... It is. It's, it's a... Really, really good film. And a good war film, too. And, of course, we talked about it earlier, but uh, Red Skull was a great villain. And, of course, it introduced this, the, the, the Tesseract, which would be the big McGovern, McGovern for the Avengers. And the fact that the, all the Norse mythology stuff in Captain America... And it's was, not Henry Stark, it's Howard Stark. Sorry. I, I, knew, it was, I knew I was saying something wrong. <laughs> but, yeah, the Norse mythology stuff that appeared in Captain America. I love how that worked because I had already watched four. I didn't need any explanation as to, wait, what is this Tesseract thing? Oh, it's prop. Even if I didn't know exactly what it was, I could have guessed that it was from four's world. Yeah. That's where the cinematic universe, I think really showed where it had an advantage over nearly every other cinematic franchise out at the moment. Yeah. Captain America, of course, also ended with the big the big Avengers teaser, which everyone everyone was so excited about. I remember people saying, oh, why don't they show any of the action? And I just thought, they haven't shot any of the action yet. Come on. <laughs> no, it was really cool. But, uh, I mean, when Thor, Captain America, and Iron Man, and Incredible Hulk was all out, and we, were all, we knew Avengers was the next step. Yeah. I think that was the point where you started to realize, you started finding clues to everything. Like, there's the Infinity Gauntlet you can find in Thor, mm. for example. You can see that in the background. And I really like when they just establish things they can use in the future like that. Like, the, te- the Tesseract, it's in Iron Man 1. Did you know that? No, where was that? In Howard Stark's notes. Uh, or maybe it's Tony's notes. Either way, it's one of Stark's notes, because he's going through the notes when he's, when he's building something. And one of the things in the notes is a cube. 
A cube of power. A cube that's de- exactly the Tesseract. And they established in Captain America that that's what, while looking for Captain America, Howard Stark found. So that makes... Exactly. They, and it shows just how far in advance they're planning nearly everything. Yeah, and it's so cool. I love that. I mean, it's... it's it, it's basically taking it's taking cin- cinematic storytelling and literally making it cinematic storytelling because nothing is said except this thing is put here in this image that will mean something later and it's so cool and it all came together in Avengers oh, I watched that final I watched Avengers recently and that final battle between them in New York where everyone gets a moment when they are insanely badass even hawkeye and black hawkeye gets one of the best ones yeah people were making jokes before and after the film was released oh they will be the odd ones out because they are the only humans amongst superheroes (laughs) but then they they showed what it was about these characters that was integral to the avengers as a group yeah like watching captain america ordering everyone about iron man Make sure the big things are contained. For uh, no, it was Hawkeye. Get on top, scout things out for everyone to see. Me and Black course, Widow oh. stay on the ground. Hulk, smash! Yeah, and I just love Hawkeye's interchanging arrows. It was so cool that he just put down a, the shaft of an arrow and and got the tip changed out. And like, it was such a brilliant way to give him all the different arrows he should have. Yeah, I mean, just a bit where. Loki catches the arrow and then it explodes. Yeah. Oh, and Loki was brilliant. Like the scene where Loki puts on his his battle gear the first time. (laughs) He just just fades on him as he's walking down the stairs in Europe. And it's so cool. I cannot wait for Avengers 2. (laughs) I cannot wait for Avengers 2. I can't wait to see. I mean, Everything with Marvel at this point, because they've just they've shown they know how to do this, mm. and uh, it makes me so happy every time. I mean, that's why I'm Guardians. Like, I mean, we know Guardians of the Galaxy is going to give our give our give us pointers towards Thanos as well. Oh yeah, of course. Um, plus, I mean, you, I reckon... um, and we and we all know Avengers three will be Guardians of the Galaxy and Avengers versus versus Thanos with the Infinity Gauntlet. I don't even think they'll. I wouldn't be surprised if they don't announce Thanos as the main villain of three. As in, I get the feeling that it's entirely possible that they'll wait. It's possible, that's for sure. But, I mean, they they will bring all of those together at some point. Yeah. And, of course, with Doctor Strange coming out, and I, actually, I'm going to get a list of what the planned future ones are. Um, so why don't you talk a bit about Iron Man 3, which I haven't seen. Iron Man 3 is... Well, if it... I think the problem with Iron Man 2 is that, one, it seemed a bit too much... I mean, we we talked about how we've loved how it's all hinting towards bigger things, but I think Iron Man 2 was a bit too much of that. Yeah. But with Iron Man 3, I think it only really works as a single thing, as very firmly a Tony Stark story. Not even really an Iron Man story, a Tony Stark story. Okay. For the first time, I think they've actually been able to put him in a position 
where he has to fight for his life. They've finally made a film where Pepper Potts is a lot more interesting than I think she's been given a lot better material than I think she's been given in the past. And it has such a fantastic... I mean, one of the questions I've got on the um, from the group is, what did I think of the Mandarin in Iron Man 3? I thought it was absolutely perfect. As in Ben Kingsley as the Mandarin was one of the best things I think I've ever seen Marvel do. Wow. Okay, that's I would that's a that's big praise, that's for sure. If Captain America is my all-time favorite, I reckon Iron Man 3 is a very close second. It is insane what they do with this character. I mean, the film opens with Eiffel 65. I've been told that, yeah, I'm I'm, I'm really excited <laughs> to watch it. I, I, I have it. I'm probably... I, I'm and and, a, tonight, and another yeah. thing that I think helped the film be excellent was that it joins Lethal Weapon and The Long Kiss Goodnight as a very obvious Shane Black film. Yeah. It's... From the moment it starts off and you realise it's being set in Christmas and it just continues on as a brilliant Shane Black film. I mean, I haven't seen... I mean, it's been a while, a while since I've seen Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. You can tell it's from the guy who made that. Nice. It's just... Oh, the only thing I think that could have made it just a little bit better was if instead of Guy Pierce as a mysterious scientist, they had Val Kilmer. Shane Black has made Val Kilmer work. Huh. All right. That's 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 high praise. Then. It's very very good. <laughs> oh. Have you seen Fall the Dark World? Uh, yes, I did. Um, Fall the Dark World. I. I thought it was pretty good. I mean, once again, Loki's great in it. They give Asgardians more stuff to do. And um, Natalie Portman's character is given a bit more to do as well. And she's a a bit more integral to the plot. Have you seen it? No, I haven't. Um, uh, I was going to watch it uh, before watching Captain America, but I didn't find the time. Uh, Let me think, because... well, yeah, it's a. I mean, the villains aren't as interesting as Marvel has been in the past. Christopher Eccleston. Hey, Christopher Eccleston. I'll watch it. <laughs> well, I think the thing is, Christopher Eccleston does a very good villain, but it's not one. It doesn't. After, I mean, I kind of watched it after Iron Man 3, thinking there's a bit of a difference in how they've done villains. But yeah, for The Dark World, although I wouldn't say it's as good as 4 was. I would say it's definitely a great continuation for what sort of direction it's going into. I've been, I mean, the thing with the Marvel films is that they're basically genre films with superheroes in them. Yeah, uh, Captain, Captain America is a well is a, is a World War Two film with superheroes in it. Captain America: The Winter Soldier is a, is a, is a spy thriller with superheroes in them. Uh, Iron Man Three: From the Summit is is a buddy cop film, but with superheroes. Um, um, I think half of it is that. But right. um, wouldn't expect. 
And four is like it, it's an oddball comedy to an extent. And I've been told basically the Dark World is is your fan is a fantasy epic with superheroes in it. And yeah. uh, I I like that. And, and of course, Guardians of the Galaxy will be Guardians of the Galaxy. Well, the, I think the final the mid credit sequence of four very firmly connects Asgard with Guardians of the Galaxy as a world with the introduction of the Collector. Oh, nice. Played by Benicio del Toro. Oh yes. Where what happens is, uh, two of the main characters from Thor's army give him one of the Infinity Gems for safekeeping, saying that we've tried having two of them in Asgard and it hasn't worked. We need to keep these separate, and the collector oh. accepts it into his collection because, well, who's there's no one else in this world more protective of their collection. And then when the people from Asgard leave, and you just a close-up on Ben Ocio del Toro's face as he says, one down, five to go. Oh, It's my. one of the best of all of the mid-credit sequences. Oh, I'm changing my plans for tonight. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm watching for tonight. I need to see it now. Um... Uh, it is... Oh, wow. Oh. Yeah, that's good. So, then we move on to Captain America the Winter Soldier, which we, we've spoken about. Yes. Very, very good. I enjoyed it a lot. And, of course, in August, we have Guardians of the Galaxy. Um, that's the next Marvel film. One of the things I also liked as well was some of the short films that they've made, usually for DVD yeah. release. Um, the best one so far is Peggy Carter. Oh, yeah. Showing what she did after the events of Captain America, where she was sort of stuck in an office job. Oh, speaking of that, that was a depressing scene in Winter Soldier. Apparently, I I, I read about that scene uh, when it was a deleted scene from Avengers. As in, oh, they made that yeah. particular scene during the shooting of Avengers and I think the only problem with it was it didn't quite fit with the story I can see that it worked in Winter Soldier though <sighs> I mean it was sad <laughs> I mean it's good that they're going to do more things with the character I think it's the next TV show they're planning a w- one that stars Peggy Carter at during the beginnings of S.H.I.E.L.D. possibly yeah and then we move on to the bum note of Marvel Studios so far, and that's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. I haven't seen a single episode. Apparently, it t- one of the things I ask, because I've watched the first couple of few episodes, and it bored me to tears. Because, I mean, you can't have... They've put an entire cast there. You can't have Phil Coulson on for the whole thing. Even if you want to. I asked on Twitter, does this get good at any point? Because so far, it's just an extremely lightweight X-Files. And so far, the response has been, well, in recent episodes, it's all right. Uh, I will probably watch it in time, in time for Avengers 2, but I'm interested, I'll, I'll hold on. I'm sort of interested in, interested in seeing where Season 2 can go because apparently it's going to be very influenced by the events of Captain America. 
That will, yeah, obviously. Because I'm currently wondering now, <laughs> so which of the main cast members were actually Hydra agents? Well, I mean, they, they can't do a season two of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. because, spoilers, again, S.H.I.E.L.D. doesn't exist anymore. Well, technically, this faction of S.H.I.E.L.D., this uber-protective and secretive section of shield that's only secretive and protective because that way we don't have to have four walk in because he's <laughs> the actor's too expensive <laughs> yeah but i am interested in seeing what direction that takes as if do they sort of do what they do before but go all vigilante like sphinx and venture brothers or i mean uh, let's be honest shield isn't going to be gone forever no sam jackson will be bringing back a new shield he started himself that 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 won't have any Hydra influence, probably to save the day or something. I wouldn't be surprised if he. Sequels. I wouldn't be surprised if he brings in a new Nick Fury as a decoy. Preferably yeah. Kurt Russell. That'd be really good, actually. I can't imagine. I mean, I have. I've kind of considered Nick Fury to be Samuel Jackson for a long time, but I will. I, mean, I want to. Yeah. I. W- if I want to live a life that includes Kurt Russell as Nick Fury in it, in whatever manner. Hey, David Hasselhoff, he was Nick Fury. He was Nick Fury, wasn't he? <laughs> I've seen, I've seen that Nick Fury film, Nick Fury, Agent of Shield. Is he any good as? He's technically fine. The script is terrible. <laughs> so he never exceeds the material. No, he doesn't. Um. Oh. Avengers Age of Ultron, of course, coming out in a year. Uh, currently filming. So I'm, I, we will probably get set photos soon, leaking a bunch of sweet details. Yeah, I mean, I've seen the first few that have something that could potentially be an Ultron warrior. It could either be Ultron Ultron, or a minion of Ultron. We've seen the f- first pictures of Quicksilver and Scarlet Witch. Yeah. It was Movie Bob who said, wait a minute, Scarlet Witch looks exactly like Jane from Daria, and I can't get out of my head now. So, nah. thanks for that. Fucker. Uh, uh, I hope I hope Ultron is golden. He should be golden. But he was golden in the intro video from Comic-Con. That's good. I haven't seen that. Basically, it also hints towards how Ultron's going to come about. It's not going to be what was in the comics where it was... Yeah, I know. Hank Pym, I think it's more likely to be Iron Man because the Iron Man turns into Ultron's helmet. Yeah, and of course, Hank Pym will be the villain in Ant-Man be the... coming out next year as well. I think this was supposed to be one of the first ones. Well, I think they were thinking, let's get the entire first cast of the Avengers all in the first film. Because they've been talking about Edgar Wright directing Ant-Man for a good long while now. Yeah, they had to delay it, and his script had to be rewritten to work in in, in a later part of uh, of uh, the universe. But uh, yeah, no, it's um, in pre-production right now. Begins filming this fall or this summer, and uh, releasing July seventeenth. I'm look- It'll be a comedy. I'm looking forward to what would happen if the director of Scott Pilgrim gets a budget, because Scott Pilgrim was fantastic. I hate that film. Oh, we can talk about that later. <laughs> I really hate the moment. But um, I, I'm very hi- hyped for that. Because I love Hot Fuss. I love Shaun of the Dead. So, uh, yeah. 
I'm down for Edgar Wright making a superhero film. And then, of course, they confirmed already that um, Captain America 3 is being done by the same director and screenwriter who did Captain America the Winter Soldier. Yeah. Because, obviously, they're doing a direct sequel to that with how it ended. <laughs> um, but, perhaps more interestingly, Marvel struck a deal with Netflix. Yes, there's going to be those odd... Well, it won't be odd. They'll be um, more focused on... I, Daredevil, I, I hate Jessica use, Jones, Iron Fist, and Lucas Cage. I hate to use the term grittier, but because that's just a term that's meant so much that I don't like. But yeah, it's going to be a lot more in tune with what those characters naturally are. Yeah. As, Basically, they're they're going to make they're going to tell story of Daredevil, Jessica Jones, Iron Fist, Luke Cage, leading up to make make a uh, miniseries based on the Defenders, which. Uh, I think that's a neat idea. Yeah, I mean, I remember because one of the bit, one of the most fun parts of the whole Marvel universe thing is debating about who owns the rights to what. As yeah. in, for a good long while, um, it was rumored that Fox would trade certain rights for certain characters to certain people, and one of the one of the ones that it was rumored for a while that Fox would give to people as the um, rights to Silver Surfer and Galactus. Yeah. You could understand sort of why Marvel would be interested in that because they're doing space stuff now. But, um, yeah, Daredevil was the one that had the Ben Affleck film where Ben Affleck was not the worst part of that film. Shut up. That does not mean Batman's going to be wrong. There's plenty going to be wrong with that film. But he was he was bad as Daredevil, though. I wouldn't say he was the worst thing. I'd say it was him. No, he wasn't. But it was he was bad. fighting against a wave of horribleness with that film. Yeah. At the very least, he managed to convince me that the character was blind. <laughs> <laughs> sort of. Well, that film, nuclear blindness. As a kid, yeah. As a kid, that was that was my realization that superhero films could be bad. I think for me that that sort of film was Fantastic Four. I saw that afterwards. <laughs> That's the best job of that ever. Yeah, uh, Fantastic Four. And I was hyped. I, I kept re-watching the trailers for that one. I kept listening to the Everything Burns track. That was a song. Because back then, superhero films had their own songs. And then I was like, oh, I'm going to watch Fantastic Four. Oh, it's so boring. Well, the only bits that's interesting is Chris Evans and the guy from, Shield, from The Shield who... Has to act past styrofoam. Uh, I mean, I, I saw a red on um, Red Letter Media's website. They did a whole watch order of the superhero films, and they came to the opinion that the original Roger Corman film that was never released yeah, and was only the '94 made, one. That's about as good as Fantastic Four. Uh, I will say that one is actually worse. I, I mean, Fantastic Four, Corman's Fantastic Four, Rise of the Silver Surfer. Like that, that, that's the that's that's best to worst in my book. Oh, Silver Surfer was so bad. <laughs> oh. oh, yeah, that one was really bad. I remember when I came out of theaters and I I asked my friends like, so was it good this time? And they told me, yeah. And then you watch it and then you just go up strapped. You know, you lied to me. 
Uh, to, to, to put it shortly, I'm a friend with them anyway. <laughs> oh. oh, fuck. That film was terrible. Um, um, I, I wonder how the reboot will be actually. That could be interesting. But yeah, uh, Fox trading rights. That happens because... Um, uh, wait, is Fox that has Spider-Man now? No, it's Sony, Sony that has Spider-Man. Sony Spider-Man yeah. And they're not going to let go of that anytime soon. Yeah. Do you know how they got the rights to Spider-Man? How? That's a fun story. Uh, MGM had the rights to Spider-Man. And uh, they didn't have the rights to Casino Royale, despite making James Bond films. Sony had the rights to Casino Royale. And in 1990... I won't say 9 or 98. um, They basically said, Hey, we'll trade you Spider-Man for Casino Royale. So we can make the Xenery film we want to, want to make that happened a few years later. And you can make the Spider-Man film you want to make. And they were like, okay. And they traded. That's actually pretty good. It, it did end, end up leading to... what Two damn good films. Two, yeah, I mean, a trilogy of films where two out of three ain't bad. But, yeah. Two trilogies of films where, films where two out of three ain't bad. Because the Bond oh, reboot yeah. is the same thing. Yeah, I mean, no one's going to be sticking up for Quantum of Solace anytime soon, I don't think. I hope not. No. I'll kill him. Uh, I'll... I hate No, that. no, no. I'll use the same methods that the film did. I'll bore them to death. Oh, I have... Oh. I... Fun story. I once got... I, I once live-tweeted my rewatching of Quantum... Because I rewatch every Bond film oh, yeah. over and over again, because I'm a big... I'm a Bond collector. I was live-tweeting my thoughts on Quantum of Solace while rewatching it. It was, I think it was the first time I was rewatching it. The second time I was, re- was rewatching it, and the effects studio for Quantum of Solace is Mark Twelve. Uh, it's 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 Mark Forster, terrible director's own um, uh, effects studio. They, they, it, it, that, that's why uh, um, Kleinman wasn't working on uh, on the opening titles and stuff. And we have a terrible looking opening opening title sequence. That's a terrible. I got sorry. I got into a Twitter argument <laughs> with people working at Mark Twelve <laughs> because I called them out on having a shitty or having shitty effects and shitty opening titles. And then I and and they they, they began defending the film. And my favorite part was when they said because I had said and it's and also the gun barrel doesn't work at the end of the film. It feels stupid and it should have been at the start of the film. Which, in that film, I think it should have been. I don't think it should have been in Skyfall, because Skyfall doesn't have a gun, a gumbell-friendly opening. Quantum does. Um, and they said to me, oh, it's because we wanted to show at the end that that's when, he, when he's James Bond, finally. Oh, really? I thought that was, was Casino Royale's final scene, where he walks up and says, name's Bond, James, James Bond. Bond. And the Bond theme starts after being slowly built up in different audio cues throughout over two hours of the film. Then they stopped responding. <laughs> I mean, I would say the worst part of that opening was the song. Easily one of the weakest of all of the Bond songs. I know all the lyrics. It's it's almost as if they went to Jack White, said, can you make a song for us? And he was like, I don't really care. Look, just do whatever you want. And then he, you did know- he, did he chose one of the... Rejected. I have heard the songs that were rejected for Quantum of Solace. They rejected a, a, um, 
Is it, is it Shirley Bassett? Is that her name? What? They they rejected her? Shirley Bassett? They rejected Shirley Bassey, Goldfinger, Moonraker, the Diamonds of Forever. They rejected a song she made for Quantum of Solace. You can find it on YouTube. Go listen to it. It's pretty good. I'm sure it would have been a damn sight better than... I don't know. Yeah, Jack White's also... sudden attempt at trying to be Trent Reznor. I think the one... I like the best of the rejected songs is one called Forever, parentheses, I am yours, or I'm all yours, maybe it is. I forget who sings it now. It's a Swedish artist. She has a great voice. Um, that song actually incorporates lines from Casino Royale into the lyrics and the song. Well, so much of that film incorporated Casino Royale into it. I think that would have worked. Oh. Uh. Sucks. But no, uh, we were talking about Netflix. We were talking about superheroes. Daredevil. Um, <laughs> and I'm looking forward to see what to do with Daredevil. Hey. It can be fun. Yeah, I'm, I'm waiting to hear more about that. Yeah. Uh, questions? Let's do questions. I have a few from the Facebook group. Cool, cool. Um, why is there no Captain Sealand? That's a damn good question. It should be. I'm going to... Google it now and then. Well, that, that, I, mean, that, I mean, can you imagine? Oh, that would be so brilliant. He would be the only person living on sea land. He would, he would live on the pier. Like the, the, oh, that would be so cool. It'll be like Black Panther, but no. Hey, <laughs> can we just make him like, um, like uh, like Aquaman, like giving Aquaman's powers, so he has a reason to be in, be in the ocean around it, and then you just make that his little kingdom. That'd be brilliant. <laughs> I'm just imagining that most of the film is just going to be him singing under the sea with all of the animal friends now, <laughs> because that's what I want from a Marvel film. Uh. That was um, Next question. Charlie Oldfield asks, "Why do the Avengers need Hawkeye? He is shit. He is not shit. He's pretty awesome. It's just that he didn't have a lot of films to establish himself. He didn't, and as I've mentioned, he had the disadvantage of not having as overtly cool superpowers as the others. But he was certainly one of the Avengers." Yeah, no. Hawkeye's awesome. I love Hawkeye. And Jeremy Renner is awesome. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Jeremy Renner was very good in that. He, although most of that film, he just sort of had to blankly stare at people, which was a pretty good paycheck for him, I must say. Yeah. Um, have you got any more questions? Oh, yeah. Uh, Matt Turner asks, why couldn't David Bowie tell Andy Warhol apart from a silver screen? I think he's saying Andy Warhol is a saddening bore. <laughs> who he's seen uh, ten times or more. Yeah, it makes sense. Well, he's about to see it again. And he will ask him to focus on strangers <laughs> fighting in the... It's sailors, not strangers. Whatever. Uh, Matthias Western asks, who would win a fight? Dolph Lundgren, topical, or Carl Urban? Dolph Lundgren. Yeah, Dolph Lundgren. He would just sort of stare at Carl Urban, and then Carl Urban would apologise. 
Yeah. The fight wouldn't start. I mean, I don't, I'm not sure what Carl Urban would apologize for, but he would <laughs> suddenly have the need to apologize. Yeah. I mean, just like, there are like two people in this world who can stand up to Dolph Lundgren Arnold Schwarzenegger and Sylvester Stallone. No one else and he, can do that. And, he, and even them, they might not win. And even then, they they could tell they could tell him that he's going to be the villain in their big old sausage fest of a film, and then change their mind halfway through, and just decide to have him be a good guy again because well, it's Dolph Lundgren. Yeah. Referring to it's, yeah, in Expendables, he was supposed to die. Yeah, and he didn't because well, we want Dolph Lundgren. We want Dolph Lundgren in our fucking films. We're gonna have Chuck Norris in the next one. I think we can fit in Dolph Lundgren. <laughs> Come on! I love Dolph Lundgren. He can do no wrong, except one thing. Well, he hasn't done but, any wrong. Uh, I don't think uh, other people have one. done wrong around him. Oh yeah, that's true. True, but true. He just sort of stands there and among, amongst us puny mortals. But I get, but I get, I get why Hearthstone is asking this. He's asking this because, uh, because he's a fan of Dread. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I like- Dolph Lundgren would kill Dread. I'm imagining Dolph. What if Dolph Lundgren, back in his Rocky Four days, was four? I would watch that. I would watch that. Repeatedly. I would watch that. <laughs> like I can't imagine Stallone or Schwarzenegger. As any of the Marvel superheroes, to be honest, like I can't think of something for Schwarzenegger. Uh, oh come on, Stallone as Tony Stark. <laughs> you would wa- that would be. Awesome. I would watch that, but <laughs> not like, for the same his, reasons I would watch all his snarky <laughs> remarks in Avengers would be brilliant. Yeah, I mean, I reckon they'd be better if we couldn't understand what he's saying. Like, I, I get what you mean, <laughs> but. Oh, the guy with this Prince Gallagher. Yeah. Oh, what is this? Shakespeare in the park. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, guys, uh, I'm bringing the body to you. <laughs> oh, I want. Oh, I, I want Stallone to play Iron Man. I really want to play Iron Man. I'm sure there's someone he could actually play. I think Schwarzenegger yeah. probably play someone as well. Yeah, probably. I'd give him. Maybe he can play a villain or something. Oh, Schwarzenegger's Galactus. <laughs> <laughs> With the big old hat thing. Yeah. I'd... Yes. <laughs> ah, I'm going to eat your, your puny ass. Yes, you will surfer. I need you to get me planets. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, uh, he's rest alone. It's of course Silver Surfer now. Take that off. Yeah, I one that has no fantastic four on him. So yeah, fantastic. Good, we have solved the Fantastic Four reboot. We have. Perfect. So, uh, Netflix Random Watch this week... <sighs> and that's well the nature of the randomness of these sort of things is that you're going to get some good and you're going to get some bad and we have been very fortunate of recent year 
with the first two yes. Yes, recent years. <laughs> For the entire decade in which we've been watching random films on Netflix. <laughs> Since the dawn of time itself. Well, I mean, like... Yeah, no, but, I mean, the first two were good. We got we got Hackers, we got Dracula 3, they were very enjoyable. What, and enjoyable for different reasons. One I kind of expected I would like, and the other was a complete surprise. It was everything that I didn't need, know I needed. Rutger Hauer as Dracula is something everyone needs in their lives. That's true. But with this particular film, Stash House, starring Love Lundgren and... <laughs> and Love Lundgren? <laughs> yes, Love Lundgren. Starring, starring well, that's Stash probably House. how he listed himself on it. Just as a, like, oh, I don't want this on my IMD page. Yeah, probably. And who's going to fucking argue? <laughs> what, the kid from Need for Speed, The Run? Yeah, f- sure, fucking. I can't wait to see that. <sighs> Stash House was Stash not very House. good. This was not a good film at all. This was really boring. It was really boring. I think the pr- and, I th- and I feel Dolph Lundgren was bored as well. The problem is that the main characters themselves... The couple were boring as shit. Yes. They weren't given anything to do other than talk about how wonderful the house was. And then have awkward, fully clothed sex that may have just been heavy petting against a wall. Just so that they can eventually knock through a wall and realize that there is drugs in the walls. For some reason. I still don't know why. Was it? I don't even. Why was the guy? They they hit a guy in the house as well. Why was he there? I don't remember. I, I, I don't get anyone's motivations in this film. It's a. See, the thing is, it started off kind of strong because, well, the first thing that happens is that a man walks into a church. He goes into confession. You're scared of what he's going to do because he's shaking horribly. And then when they say, "What would you like to confess?" and he says, "My suicide." And then just shoots himself right there and then. Yeah, Super Mario begin from the Super Mario walking into a church and committing suicide. It's a really good scene, too. Yeah, I mean, I think that's the kind of thing I got. There are little flashes of good in it, as in there are little bits and pieces that I felt worked. Like seeing, of course, most of them involved watching Dolph Lundgren on screen. Not caring about anything going on. I mean, when your script is below Dolph Lundgren's level of quality to the point where he doesn't care, you have bad script. But yeah, the whole film revolved around Dolph Lundgren and a Mexican guy who I assume represents is a representative from a Mexican drug cartel. Uh, yeah, I think they said that, yeah. Um, they want... Either the drugs actually didn't want the drugs. They wanted the guy that was in the house already. And the couple then... No, they got the drugs. They put it in the trash can. Well, they... But that's what the couple thought at first. They're like, oh, all they want is the drugs. Let's just give them the drugs right here and now. And it turns out that's not what they want. There's something else in the house that they need. In a world with no cell phones. (laughs) Exactly, um... But it does have USB door keys. We need to call the cops. We can't do it from inside the house because there's no electricity. <laughs> um, well, didn't they... Cell, cell phones. Did Did they ever say that they left them in the car? I remember them having iPhones. I don't remember. I was, it just... 
there were so many ways they could have dealt with things. But to be honest, it wasn't just a couple who were who took a oh, who, no. who had a oh who no. had cases the of burglars were terrible as well. I mean, they, they, look at the budget. This it's a it's a home invasion film. Yeah, um, a bad one, a really bad one. <laughs> Because the people inside the house are incompetent, and the people outside the house are incompetent. So everyone's pretty much, for about an hour, they're doing the equivalent of running into brick walls. Uh, uh, take, and taking turns in doing stupid things that would normally get a regular person killed were it not for the other person's stupidity. The film's plot relies on everyone being stupid. As opposed to just one of them, it feels like a lot. Large parts of the film just feels improvised because, like, the script doesn't go anywhere. Just like, yeah. oh, oh, and now they're appearing on this side of the house. Oh no, let's do some. Oh, well, now they're on this side of the house. Well, yeah, there are bits where they have to like run away, like run around the house in order to. I don't know. I don't know why they were doing it because it just left them all running around in circles or something, and. Then, um, and then they keep. I just don't know what's going on. This is this is a scene with Duff Lung. like, oh, what a night! <laughs> and it's like goes up to the couple, like, hey, let's 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 talk. You know, you know I what? want to go home. <laughs> I want to go home to my wife. Was he? At, was tired. that the? Was that an outtake? <laughs> was that Duff I mean, Lundgren himself saying, "Oh God, this film." I mean, it, it sure as hell felt like it. Like he didn't care, care at all. Like. The first time you see Dolph Lundgren, he steps out and he's like, he looks cool, he looks badass, and like, yeah, well, no, they, I, like, I told you this would happen. It wasn't a good idea. And then, like, he he takes me seriously. As soon as he starts interacting with people, it's like he realizes, oh fuck, this is the quality we're going for. <laughs> okay, I don't care. Yeah. No, Dolph Lundgren is not a great. It's 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 not a great actor. No, he's a fine actor, but he. Um, but, but for but most of his is, career, he's sort uh, of known where his strengths are, and in this film, it comes across that the filmmakers didn't know. Yeah, it's a sad sight to the point where at the end, like at, at the end, he he fakes being the um, the wife's father to and takes her hostage. Yeah, and it's like the best part of him because he's just stuff going like, oh, yeah, oh, baby. We're safe now. So he kisses her on top of her head. And he's like, oh, and... you, you could have died. I don't know what I would have done. Oh. Yeah, and it's basically, it becomes Dolph Lundgren mocking the film <laughs> for a few minutes. Like, oh, I can't believe they shot her for no reason. I, again. Oh, I... such a shame, my darling. Oh. Again, I kind of thought that these were outtakes where sort of like um, what Larry Kibbutz does to Dean Kane, where Dolph Lundgren decides he's just going to make fun of the actor now. Saying, "Oh, I love you so much." It's oh, and it was you just got so good. I that that scene I liked, and of course, then Dolph gets shot with a shotgun. And he just stands up, like ah, fuck, fuck. Oh. that was annoying. <laughs> Although he 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 faked to die first. He like he gets knocked into a wall, like ah, and then oh, I'm actually alive. I didn't take any damage. Well, I, well for some reason, I pretended to be dead first. <laughs> Well, he ripped open his shirt and to reveal he's wearing body armor, and then he made a noise that's like, "Oh, that really stung." Ah, oh. yeah. Ah, oh, that fucking hurts. But then when he gets shot the second time, and he's he's dead now, the wife just runs up to her husband, who, by the way, has been lying to her this entire film about <sighs> how how he got the house and stuff. 
And he's just like, oh, you're okay. Oh, I'm so happy. Credits roll. <laughs> I think it's, it's, about as, have an ending. it's about as much as the film deserves, to be honest. <laughs> I, I think the, I think I think I think the director just ran out of film, literally. <laughs> I think they were at the point where everyone was just ready to go home. Dolph Lundgren I mean, it's, already. It's bug- barely ninety minutes long. This film. Yeah, Dolph Lundgren's buggered off. I mean, he's paid his mortgage off. He's got nothing more to do. Ah. Uh, so no, it was not very good. I gave it. I gave it two out of five stars on Netflix. I. Yeah, I mean, it's um, I've given some films one out of five, but that would only be because I had an actual hatred for that film. Yeah, and this is boring. But, yeah. I mean, Doc Lundgren, when he was on screen, was was entertaining, <laughs> maybe for the wrong reasons, but still. Yeah, and you get a little Mexican guy running around, pretty much shooting everything he can, and there was a bit where, and as I said, the sex scene itself was just so funny. <laughs> that was yeah. so poorly done. It was just. And there's a char- and there are characters that get introduced and then reappear just to die again for no reason. And like, what was the point of them introducing? Like, oh, we have a security system so advanced, we're gonna use it in one scene. <laughs> I was just thinking of that um, that best friend character who just sort of comes around, say, "Hey, congratulations on the house, guys," and goes away, and then comes back near the end, saying, "Oh, by the way, I broke up with my boyfriend. What's going on here?" And Dolph Lundgren's like. No, this subplot's not going anywhere. Bang. <laughs> Shoots her in the head. <laughs> and we got... At that point, um, the main actor... I can't remember his name. Guy from Need for Speed to Run. Yeah. He does... The, he, he pulls the face that he pulls every time he's supposed to be upset. And that's the... I really need the poo face. <laughs> that I ke- I started looking forward to every time he was told by the oh, Teresa. You're really sad now. <laughs> be sad. No, don't be. And you know, you know how. Okay, every film has the "Why isn't he shooting him now?" moment. This film has that moment about thirty times. Well, does it? Where someone has a gun to someone's head and is about to shoot them, and just waits for like ten seconds so something can happen first. Like, as in, they are literally waiting for something to stop them. Yeah. I mean, that's, I mean, it's fine. Every film has it now and then, but this one does it every time the the, the burgers and the good guys interact. <sighs> good guy, which, by the way, ends up killing a cop and just yeah, he kills out a... of nowhere at the end. Yeah, I mean, I, I came out of this hoping that, well, they're going to have to be tried for some things. I don't actually like this couple, so, you know. Uh. Yeah, no, but he's like, he's like, hey, 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 officer, who I've taken hostage, I'm actually the good guy, he's faking out there, he's the bad guy, oh, by the way, I'm actually gonna kill you now. <laughs> I mean, at first I thought he just knocked him out, but he's like, oh, man down, you kill the police officer, like, oh, oh okay. Yep. So, that was, ah, fuck this film. What's the next random Netflix film? Okay, I'm I'm I have the mouse over the, the button. Godzilla, you want Godzilla? It Time is. To the oh, oh, oh. What? The Adventures of Rocky and Bullwinkle. The film. Oh. Have, you, have you seen it? <laughs> yes, I've seen this. You have the right to once use the um, skip. I'm willing to agree to that one if you want to skip it. What, have you seen it? 
Well, I haven't seen it, but I don't want to see it. I don't want to see it either. <laughs> All right, we have we have a right to skip one. Whatever comes up next, we have to pick them. Okay, let's get this going again. <laughs> fucking Spare hell, I it. fucking dodged a bullet on that one. <sighs> okay, so this is something different. Um, okay. It's a recent film called Suspension of Disbelief. Ooh, starring okay. Sebastian Koch and huh? Lotta Verbeek. Ver- Verbeek. I don't okay. know these people, but... Um, Seduced by his daughter's alluring friend, a London screenwriter finds himself implicated in her death when she's later found floating in a canal. Okay. Yeah. That sounds interesting. Let's see how many stars. Um, yeah, I'll watch it. Yep, let's watch that. All right, cool. That'll be what we're watching next. That will be what we watch next. Now, uh, as for when the next episode will be releasing, I do not know. I am currently busy, so I can't guarantee that there will be an episode next week. But um, assuming there will be, which we'll see next week, we'll be watching that. And what's coming out What's coming out in cinemas next week? I think next week is Noah. Noah. That's right. We're watching Noah. Oh, that's going to be good. That's going to be terrible. No, I've heard things. Apparently, this is going to be... Oh, it's going to be glorious, but it's going to be terrible. No, as in, um, the reviews have come out of it. Apparently, they are ex- very positive. As in, proper pro- prop positive. Okay, we'll see. I'm watching yeah, on Friday. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah. All right. Okay. Thank you for listening. Yep, thank you very much for having me on and talk about a film. Yeah. That one time. Um, yeah. Shall we do plugs? Yeah, sure. Uh, okay, I'll go first then. Um, yeah, go ahead. Adam likes to watch. WordPress. Com is the film blog. Uh, my my uh, written review of Captain America is currently up right now. There's Adam Owen FTW. That's my Twitter handle. And if you just search Adam Owen FTW on Google, you can usually find whatever things. Um, and on Facebook, I have a Facebook page, Adam Owen FTW Art. That, that should be a good time for all of the family. All right. And you can find me on Twitter. I'm at Andrea underscore Ritsu. You can find me on, tw- on Tumblr. That's uh, Andrea-Tobichi.tumblr.com. Tobichi.wordpress.com is my blog. Um, and yeah. Bye. Yep. Bye.